0: Off The Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off The Ball. News
1: Talk 106-108. to 108.
0: Now then, welcome back. So we're joined by Mike Quirk in the line. Evening, Mike.
1: Evening, Joe.
0: Football saved over the weekend, I'm told.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. For all those in Tralee, anyway.
0: Uh, 12,000 in Tralee. I didn't have the pleasure of watching this live. I've just been catching it with highlights, which uh, only gives me a smidgen of of an appreciation for the full 70 minutes. But it does seem like it was a fantastic event. Um, And we're going to extrapolate what we can take out of this, I'm sure, in in due course. But it probably is just uh, worthwhile initially to say, as a standalone evening, under lights, 12,000 people in Tralee, it was just a great occasion and the game lived up to the billion. Just a, a, a cracking kind of night, it seems.
1: Yeah, and I think you know what the Kerry County Board probably deserve a lot of credit for you know for the way they packaged the whole evening. And I know there was a lot of people cribbing about you know the price increases and everything. Like nobody left Austin Stack Park last Saturday, you know, with anything you know but positive things to say about the whole the whole evening, the whole occasion. And uh, they had Liam O'Connor. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Liam O'Connor. He's a trad musician guy in an accordion. He's standing up on the wall about an hour and a half before the game, having the entire stand. You know on their feet clapping and and like even before the teams came out for their warm ups you you got the sense this was far more of a kind of an occasion rather than you know just another league mm. game to to tick the box
0: a bit of pageantry like that is no harm and um maybe we could do a bit more of what you're describing than the old microphone next to the cd player and now on the and
1: and you know what it's it's and the the basketball code and tree actually and and kind of by year new man Danny, he kind of Came into my head that they, they were, you know, in truly they've kind of made a bit of a, you know, a pageant of of the basketball games, and they've they've you know turned off the lights and brought on you know big music and you know snowish or um, smoke machines and all this stuff, and they've made it more of a kind of a. You know, a family entertain, you yeah. know, entertainment, and and there was a bit of a sense of that with th- with this game. It was strange; it, it was very different to other national league games. And I think the whole, you know, the timing of it, the fact that it was, you know, Chile was just taken over a team by by Dubs, and and they were in good form, obviously because of the time of the game, and the whole thing just really, really just clicked perfectly, you know.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a nice template. So the game itself, then, give us your overall impressions, and we'll we'll dig out some specifics. It was
1: just. Like the game itself was fantastic, you know, from both teams. now, And obviously Kerry get the larger part of the credit because they won by a point. But realistically, like this game would not have happened, you know, outside of, you know, the, the, probably the two or three teams out with Mayo maybe that could have produced the kind of football that they played. Like Dublin for their part were just unbelievable. And, and the, like the skills that were on show, the kicking, the catching, you know, the tackling, some of the big hits, the pace of the game for February... For like Dublin or back training, according to Jim Gavin, about four or five weeks. Mm. Uh, it was just like it was just everything that you would possibly want to see in Gaelic football. It was everything that was good about the game wrapped into 77 minutes of, of just nonstop action all the way to injury time. And you, you just couldn't right away for it. You you'd pay like 50 euros to watch a game like that every week. It was it was better than anything you'd see anywhere.
0: So it seems like a bit of a turnaround then from a more defensive approach in Kerry's first two games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, against against Tyrone and Clarney it was very much, you know. I think you know, like that that saying, you know, pick, start with the end in mind. And I, I think maybe Peter Keane had kind of identified a weakness obviously with with Kerry in terms of conceding goals you know certainly in the first two rounds last year they conceded five league goals in this you know the first two rounds this year they conceded none and I think he was more intent on solidifying them at the back first of all and and then you know layer up on top of that and and I think what you saw on Saturday night with with the Dublin game was was the kind of marrying of the the offensive side of it with with the with the good defense and you know some of the guys that are you know they were back there defensively. Have just been rejuvenated, you know, in in the in the space of a couple of months, and um, it, it really it really just transitioned so quickly from that kind of defensive game plan that we saw against Tyrone and a little bit in Cavan to this, you know, complete all out, you know, defending in one sense, but by God, everybody get up the field and attack as soon as you can. You know, mm.
0: there was nice variation to the play. We saw kick passes, we saw passes off the shoulder, in a running game as well. Um, we saw a great point taking from out the field. We saw points being fisted over the bar. When frankly, it's just a little bugbear. But players should be just actually going for a goal. But nonetheless, uh, players <laughs> taking their points from from close in. So there seemed to be a genuine variation to how Kerry were attacking Dublin.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I, I think with the guys that they're after, you know, bringing in um, you know guys like Daramain, who got who got man of the match. Um, you know, was was just, he's an incredibly kind of dynamic, kind of a small, low-sized guy. Doesn't look like he's much of an athlete or anything, but he, he just, he's really got a massive engine and, and great pace, serious football. Same, that whole half-back, or half-forward line, should I say, with carrying on with Shawnee Eche in the middle, who, even though he's been there, it's only his second year, it feels like he's been there five or six years because of the way he's, he's starting to dominate and start to control games, which for his second year is an incredible, incredible mm. thing. And then a guy, a clubmate of mine, actually started on the wing, Gavin O'Brien, a guy a lot of people probably haven't heard of, and you know I would imagine this summer he'll become you know a lot more into people's consciousness. But he's he's a he's a freak really. He's about six five, long arms like a like a monkey, and the guy can run like a gazelle, and um and he's very different. I mean he gave James McCarthy a really tough matchup, and there's very there's very few guys out there that James McCarthy doesn't deal handily yeah. with. Now at the same side, McCarthy obviously kicked two or three points as well, and and he had a fine game himself. But that was the kind of evening it was. It was like. You know, the Dublin guys played really well and and their Kerry counterparts did the same thing. And it was just, you know, it was such fine margins in the end, I suppose. Half gazelle, half monkey is a frightening prospect, I'll grant you that. Yeah, yeah. And he'll probably thank me for saying that now. But the guy, you know what? Unusually for a guy, he's about 6'5", you know, lean. Um, But the guy, he's run, he's, he's got, I'd love to see the likes of himself and you know, like, he's Jack McCaffrey's, and he's really, really top guys. I'd love to see him in a 100-meter sprint because he just covers ground effortlessly. effortlessly and he's, he's very unusual for such a tall guy to have that kind of, um, yeah. you know, that pace and that running power. And, um, you know, it was his, interestingly, like, he's only 22 years of age, the same guy. Never, never before was he ever involved in any kind of a development squad or county minor or county under 20. Uh, and all of a sudden, the guy is is starting inside in Oste Park in his home patch mm. against the Dubs for mm. his first ever start for Kerry. You know, it's a it's a big night for him, obviously, and a big night for the club. But uh, you know, it's it's he's he's kind of typified what what's happening is is just this total regeneration and finding new new guys coming out of everywhere which is which is has everybody so excited down here, I suppose.
0: Okay, um, pretty central to Kerry's one eighteen tally was Sean O'Shea. You mentioned O'Shea there in his second year, eight points on the night, including. Uh, one from play. He looks the real deal. Probably helped him somewhat coming in under the Clifford the Clifford um, radar last year. You know, I, I don't remember him being talked about uh, hugely. We were also obsessed with seeing Clifford in action. I don't remember O'Shea really having pressure heaped on him, but uh, he's going to have it heaped on him this year because he's playing some great stuff early doors.
1: Yeah, he's, he's you know he just seems to be even moving into kind of like a leadership role. Uh, and I suppose because there's so few of of really experienced guys there now at the moment. Playing with Kerry, you know, he's he's after taking that on and and really kind of running with it as the leader of the attack. Even though he's got Balgany inside him, who's who's obviously more experienced and and you know an all all star in his own right. But I, I just it's such a maturity that he's showing already. We all knew he had the football from his minor days and mm. even from last year. But he's free taking his percentages and you know kicking the ball from play are are off the charts, and he's. It's it's really just encouraging to see a guy make such a jump and such a progression in you know from one year to the next. While he had a really solid year last year, it just looks like he's actually, you know, he's gone on a level already which, you know, you know, when you think that you still have to add the likes of Clifford and maybe James O'Donoghue coming back into this mix, uh, it's just it, it look it makes the carry forward line look like a really really healthy division right now.
0: Yeah. Um Dublin not dominant under the high ball was a, a general sense I saw in places Evan Comerford isn't a huge man. I saw Tommy Walsh came on. Uh, extraordinary to think it's 10 years since we saw him as a 20 year old ripping it up in that All Ireland final of 09. Uh, so he's back and involved and he came on. Uh, looks to have lost a little bit of bulk maybe. Looks fit. You obviously know him, clubmates I think.
1: Yeah, he came He came on at half time and. Um you know, like it was, like I said, the game was was incredibly fast-paced, and and the concern for Tommy certainly out there in the general public would be, you know, would his body be able to hold up for the for the intensity and the pace of the game? And and there was no problem. He was out in front of his guy every time. You know, good hands. You know, slipped a nice ball to Sean O'Shea for for his point from play, and he looked really sprightly. Yeah, he looked leaner than than maybe he's been in the last couple of years, but. Um, like, he doesn't have a huge amount of work done. None of them do, really. They're only kind of tipping away since since November in the gym, and, and yeah. now they're obviously on the field in a couple of months. But um, it's, you know, and, and another guy like Jack Sherwood, a guy who. So you know, Jack probably got a hard time. He he would have he came on against McMinim that time, and um, and Fitzmaurice got a lot of stick for bringing him on because because McMiniman obviously caused wreck in that in that fine afterwards. But he's a guy who's kind of been in the wilderness for a long time, even though he's been a really good club footballer down here, and, mm. and he seems to be making a good handle of a fullback and had a fine game on on. Um, on uh, dean rock actually mm. you know and there's a couple of those guys that are younger guys coming on the scene who haven't seen before and then a couple of these older guys who are kind of a little bit more rejuvenated and, and seem to be you know grabbing a second chance
0: there is an element here you suspect um, in peter keen's case where he's just feeling this whole adventure out and he was saying afterwards you know we're a new management team We've just got on this train and it is rolling very, very quickly. If you take the last three games, there's just been one training session every week. There's not a lot of extra work you can do. So you kind of, you got the sense from Keane, he said, I'm just throwing them in, he said, and you find out about lads and some, some have done well and some have shown great energy and heart and spirit. Um, I mean, there's only so much work he can do. You suspect, they're all sort of full of enthusiasm, and there's a there's a youth about this team, and they are almost. I think he's been genuine when he says we're kind of just throwing ourselves out there and seeing what's happening, and it's quite good.
1: Yeah, I, I think that like a lot of people are, are giving Donny credit, a pile of you know uh, Donny Buckley, excuse me, a pile of credit already for the defensive kind of uh, togetherness that, that Kerry seemed to have already. And like I mean, Donny's only back in the country about about three weeks, and and uh, he's not a miracle worker. He's done very little because they haven't had a whole pile of training. There's so many games going on. Yeah, I, I think I think it's just really a sense of you know it's a new environment. It's a it's a new challenge. It's everybody's getting a chance, um, and, I, and I just think guys are feeding off that. Like I, I saw something today that I think there is something like seventeen or eighteen of of. Of the minors, of the six successful minor teams from 2014 to 2017, there's 17 of those guys now in and around the team or the panel or, mm. or some kind of an extended panel, and and I think you're starting to see that kind of wave of, of of bodies that that were used to winning all the time at minor level coming through now with that confidence and and the ability they undoubt, undoubtedly have. So I think I think it'll be championship stuff before you can really see yes. that you know Peter Keenan, Donny Buckley, and these guys put their imprint and their game plan on it, but. You know, for what they're doing right now, you might be better off leaving
0: them alone, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just an exciting uh, time, I suppose. There's an element of not quite knowing what the ceiling is here. And let's see what these kids can do and throw them in. And obviously, there's more quality to to come back. Uh, Peter Keane, insofar as I can tell, hasn't done the big sit down interview anywhere and uh, given away, you know, bits and bobs about his life or his approach. He seems to be happy to stay in so much as you can when you're Kerry manager uh, away from the
1: limelight. What do you know about Peter Keane? you know a little bit a a little bit like that he seems to kind of keep himself to himself a lot of the time um he likes to throw out a lot of these kind of old old pishog saying a little bit like jack o'connor and all these south carry managers seem to have the same kind of uh grow for those kind of things but uh he he doesn't really know as far as i'm aware he doesn't seem to crave that that you need to you know accept that i'm the boss and i'm the gaffer and I'm, i'm the guy with all the great ideas i think he was very open and willing and, and and wanted to get the likes of donnie buckley and surround himself with really good people and good expertise mm. as opposed to maybe someone who wanted to, to to take that kind of limelight because the big thing with donnie buckley is like, donnie buckley's getting a lot of credit for some of the stuff that he doesn't do at all while donnie is really really good at what he does tony is getting credit for everything just because he's in the setup and and for another manager somebody there that's maybe you know challenging him or or, or taking that kind of you know, or of 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 brilliance mm. from from the manager wouldn't really be accepted. But he, I think he he, you know, that was a big thing for him to get Tony involved and and to make sure that everybody knows this. And I got Tommy Griffin, I got these guys, and and it's a kind of a team effort as opposed to you know one guy on his own. And uh, I think he's, he, I I think from from listening to him, I think he had a rocky start in terms of the way you know, the, and it's been well publicized yeah. the way they can contacted or didn't yeah. contact guys that should have been should have been contacted uh, and I think they've held their hands up and said look yeah we, we'd probably do it differently but you know from, from from what you can get now in three games into the league I mean Kerry supporters could not be absolutely couldn't be in any way happier with, with what they've seen from from Peter Keeney's team interesting when he, when he was walking off the pitch after the game you know, like the whole stand seemed to just rise and, and start to applaud him and, and give him nearly a standing ovation as he was walking off the field. And, and more so than Peter Keene. I think it was just that, you know, supporters really appreciate the way that they, they're going about their business and the way they're playing the game.
0: OK, interesting. Uh, so Dolan, then, here's Jim Gavin talking to reporters after the game, the Jason Sherlock, Dermot Connolly uh, stories had been running.
2: How, uh, why journalists are, I suppose, how they, how they, how they report um, on conjecture on rumour, that's up to you. That's your profession, not mine. So, I can't comment on that. But he wasn't gone from the management at least. Not not at least, no, not the slightest. So you've no problem with the documentary? I thought it was an excellent documentary. Um, If you haven't seen it, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, You know, Jason was very brave to do what he did, and uh, you know, we're very proud of him. And if you can watch that documentary without. Getting emotional. Well, then you've got a heart of stone. So uh, it's well worth reviewing. And that Diarmuid Connolly story mentioned he's in tra- training with Brian Cullen, which of course could mean he's going back with the hurlers either. So uh, we, we won't get too carried away he that he's back in with the footballers, but you can't confirm that tonight. Well, I can confirm that's not the f- that, that is certainly not the case. That he's not training with Brian Cullen. Absolutely not. Right, Jim. I understand Diarmuid uh, played a challenge match for England uh, against Golden this morning. Um, I, you know, I was I was obviously we're away traveling all day for, for this game, so. You know, if any player wants to, you know, volunteer their time for the county football, you know, we, we, we'll always look at them. Um, and and uh, the door has always remained open for any player who's, who's either been with us in the past or who wants to join us, uh, who, who hasn't been in there, who hasn't been on the squad yet. And um, you know, I think you saw a couple of players there tonight um, putting their hand up for, 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 uh, for, for a jersey. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to look at the circus in the, uh, in the coming weeks and club games next weekend to see
0: who, who we can bring in. This was all um, a big ferrari about not much.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a really strange one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, like the, the Sherlock one was kind of, I, I thought it was very strange. I mean, I, I watched that documentary and I, I didn't really see anything in it that was going to be hugely controversial for Jim Gavin to say, no, I, I don't like the way you handled that or the way you left that out of the camp. It was a, you know, it didn't seem, it was obviously a very personal thing mm. and that was the story behind it. It didn't seem anything, anything untoward that you'd be unhappy with from a Dublin side of it. Uh, <clears throat> so that was always strange to, to me that that was the reason that he was going to be going anywhere. Uh, I think he, he I think he contributes a lot. I heard him speaking at the at the conference there two years ago, and uh, and just listening to him talk and the way he, he thinks about the, the the forward movement and the way they play, he sounds like a guy that you'd want to have around your campus yeah. as as much as you could, you know. Uh, and the Damon Connolly one is not a, like like I I'd love to see Darragh Connolly play for Dublin genuinely because I think we don't have we don't have such an array of of these supremely talented footballers. And, and this guy is losing time in his prime, whether he comes back or not, you know, in a year or two, I, I don't know, or, or whether it's this year. But, you know, you want to see the best guys play the game as long as they can at the top level. And he's yeah. one of the really, really top guys that we have in the game. And I don't know what's... What, what's obviously, I, I have no idea what's going on over there. But you'd love, you know, from... from you know Not from a Kerry supporter's point yes. of view, but from a football supporter's point of view, you'd love to see Jim Gavin and these guys just, you know, sort it out and kind of go you know, let's get him back on the pitch because the guy, is he's, he's box office
0: when he's playing ball. Hey, I totally agree. You'd love to see him back. It's a, it is a slightly strange situation. It's as if they can't talk to each other, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, it's, I mean, this, this should not be the complicated process it seems to be unless there has been a falling out and then there's uh, some kind of uh, making up that needs to be done and it's proving a little bit delicate or a little bit complicated. And again, I, I genuinely, I don't know. Uh, why yep. he's not playing or what's going on um, and that's why it's, it's probably quite, quite confusing. I guess the, maybe the interesting question is if it continues like this uh, is there a point in the season I wonder where Jim Gavin needs to draw a cut off line and say I have my squad now and it's not changing because I have to respect the players who have been training or is Connolly such a special case that this door will be kept open in this slightly strange way that it's open now?
1: Uh, I, I, I think I think you could probably tell by his tone on Saturday night. He, he, he's you know he was getting a little bit fed up with with uh, you know the speculation about about Connolly and, and, and about Sherlock, obviously. But <clears throat> I, I think he's going to close the door eventually. And, and for all we know, Joe could already be closed. Yeah, situation could be could be could be dead and buried, and he's just playing cat and mouse with the media. But. Um, again, it's just like I think Dublin have have plenty. When when Dublin get all their bodies back and they and they get a you know a couple of months of training into the body and and they really get themselves where they need to be for this 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 you know five in a row attempt. Um, I, I think they have plenty of personnel. Obviously, Connolly would would add to that and, and he'd be another massive weapon in their armory. But um, if he doesn't come back, I I still think Dublin have enough capabilities to to go and win the game. So I don't see Jim Gavin. You know calling him out and, and really asking him to join the panel if if Connolly comes back it 's something you 'd imagine is going to happen sooner rather than later but you know, even the way he he was very quick to confirm the fact that there is no truth to the, you know that he is training mm. with Brian Cullen, and and he was happy enough to confirm that one. Where, you know, the Jason thing, he was a little you know a little bit more sketchy on and go talk to the journalist. But this one, I'll tell you, this is you know it's not true that he's training with Cullen. So yeah. it seemed like he was a little more more element that I want to I want to shoot that one down straight away. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is a it's a strange one. So um, to wrap up, I suppose uh, you've been fairly clear there that. You know, we can't read too much into the weekend and you still think Dublin's tilt at a five in a row is is going to be very hard to stop. Uh, It does, uh, the opening weeks of the the, um, league do reassure us um, to some degree that at least Mayo and Kerry are going to put up something of a challenge that frankly, with what, Mayo not even in the Super 8s last year and Kerry exiting very quickly in the Super 8s, Dublin didn't really have, if we're blunt about it. So uh, you suspect Dublin will have one, if not two, Mammoth games, uh, and we can all whatever about the ills of the championship. Generally, we can all look forward to them late in the summer.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I you know, I, I, I think Kerry are further along the line after three games than I thought they were going to be. Um, and I think when you start to integrate all the, the pieces that they still have, you have to come back into the mix. Uh, and I think once once the likes of Donny and, and, and Peter get their their claws really into what they want to do, I think Kerry will definitely be you know in the mix and, and whether they're good enough to go and beat them. That that'll obviously remain to be seen, but uh, and Mayo the same. Mayo Mayo playing some some real good football and look, you know, like themselves with McDonough and a couple look like they've found a couple of pieces that that they need to kind of regenerate that forward division. So I think at the moment, for after three games of the league, you've got to be happy with where the state of the game is in terms of of looking ahead to the latter stages and into the championship.
0: Yeah, the early stages we'll revisit again, no doubt. Uh, some text in to finish, Mike. Love seeing GAA matches under lights in winter. You can see the steam rising off the players. It's savage, says Michael in Ballantubber. Uh, Not that I'd want to encourage it, but seeing the mini-shamazal sh- uh, at full-time uh, restored my faith in the players' motivation for league games, says Steve. Huey and Cork, unreal Kerry performance. No fear and trust in the manager. Kerry breathed that attitude. Kerry's always been the same, junior, intermediate or senior. If you can play, you're picked. And Tommy, Dermot Connolly's return is the GEA version of the Declan Rice story. Personally, I'd like there to be some finality, uh, some clarity, but to be honest, I'm also enjoying the Ross and Rachel, will they, won't they, nature of it all, <laughs> says Tommy. And speaking of big men running, what's Quirk's fastest uh, speed over 100 metres, lads? Fastest time, somebody wants to know. Where'd you get up to, Mike? 15 seconds?
1: Oh geez, fifteen. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be happy with fifteen, Joe. I'd take that all
0: day. All right, good stuff. Uh, thanks a million. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. No problem. YouTube.
1: All Thank right, you,
0: Mike Quirk there with his thoughts on uh, Kerry's win over the weekend. Short break. Off the ball.
1: Find us on Twitter at off the ball.
0: News Talk one hundred six to one hundred eight.